Hey, you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. Hey, how many of you remember 2020? Like every year we set a kind of like a theme for the year, right? Like 2019 was the year we declared it. Some of you weren't with us the whole year, but we declared it the year of simple adoration. Where we as a body, we are a family. You understand when I say abide, I'm not talking about this building, right? We're on the same page. You are abide. Without you, there is no abide. This is an empty shell. And so as a body, we declare that it would be the year of simple adoration. Where we would learn to be a people that sit at the feet of Jesus and understand that that is enough. Thank you. Thank you, wife. She's with me. That we would understand that sitting, like, sitting in worship and being at the feet of Jesus is never a waste of time. Never, ever a waste of time. And so, like, we want to break this thing. Like, I want to break it, destroy it. Where we're, like, we're looking down at the watch. Oh, my God, it's been an hour. No, 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 you, I don't think you understand. In heaven, that's all we do. So, like, if you hate an hour of this, you are going to hate eternity in heaven. Because, because this is what's happening. We, we position our hearts to worship the King of Kings. And for me, it's no different. Like, I constantly have to check my heart, right? Because if you don't know, I'm the pastor of this church. Me and my wife pastor this church together. It's not a one-man show. And we have an amazing team. And oftentimes, as the pastor, I like to look around, right? Because you want to see what God is doing. So, like, I'll, I'll look around. And that's why I worship up front. Because a lot of times when I look around, God will be like, let me know when you're done so you can fix your eyes back on me. I'm like, oh. Oh, this sucks. So, so like, as a people, he's, he, is, he is challenging us to worship beyond what's going on around us. And I believe this is huge. Because anybody can worship in a room that's like, but, but I believe God is challenging us at a heart level. What are you going to bring to the table today? And part of the reason that we have such a struggle is because we live from Sunday to Sunday. Like, we, like, the Bible calls us getting spiritually nourished. How many of you know you have to be spiritually nourished? Like, you're going to go out today, and you're going to go to a restaurant, and you're going to eat because you need nourishment. And what's happening in the body or in the church is we've created dependent Christians. I can't call them disciples because there's a big difference between a Christian and a disciple. We've created Christians that come to church, and they're only nourished from Sunday to Sunday. And the truth is they're not nourished. They are malnourished. Because if the only time you're eating is one time a week and you're feasting on what God is saying or you're sitting in his presence, you are a malnourished Christian. And so it wouldn't be uncommon or it wouldn't be strange for you to come into his presence and feel all of these things because the truth is your spirit is not replenished. Are you with me? And so in 2019, I felt like what God was doing for a lot of us is he was showing us how to approach his table. How to come to him and metaphorically understanding we feast from him. He becomes food. He becomes substance. He becomes the very thing that brings us satisfaction. How many of you are with me? Now as we learn this, I feel in 2020, as I was praying for what God has for us and what he's taking us into, I kept hearing this word advance. Like God is calling us into a year of advancement. Like there are some of you spiritually, uh, if you would get this picture, you've been rounding this mountain. And you've been going, like the people of Israel, you've been going around and around this mountain and going through these spiritual, like, the same thing. Is anybody with me? The same thing over and over. And you find yourself frustrated in life. And what I feel God is saying to us is it is time to advance into what God has for us. 
It is time for us to step in and stop going through the same struggles. And here's what, here's, I want to I lay this on you today. I want to lay it on you. As Christians, as disciples, as followers of Jesus, we are called to go from glory to glory. There is no devil, no demon, no struggle that can stop you from going to, from glory to glory. It just does not exist. What stops us from going to from where we are to what God has us is our inability to relinquish or let go of the things that are in our lives. Many of us think like we're so devil focused. We're so focused on what devil's doing and what's in front of us. If you notice, we don't talk a lot about what the devil's doing in the world because I'm not impressed. I read the book from beginning to end multiple times and I know how the story ends. We win, we overcome, we, we live as victors, and some of you, you find yourself frustrated in this tension because you're like, I've read the book, but I find myself living life as a victim. And so like one of the main things the devil loves to hit people with at our church, it's going to hit you with it, is this, you don't belong. And it's no surprise because one of the core values at this church is, you heard me say, everybody belongs. You are family and you belong before you believe. Like before you believe, even some of you have come and you, you've, we, there's been dysfunctions and we've just said, come into our family. You don't belong because I say it's because the word says. And so we've plastered it on the front and that's been our thing, man. You belong and abide, you believe and you become and we believe that's the order it happens in. When you come into our family, you belong and as you belong, you believe and when you believe, you will become. But what I find oftentimes in this progression of following the Lord is people get tripped up with this, I don't belong. And here's the truth, the reason it's so important for me and I've been, I've been navigating this is because in my life, a lot of my life, I have felt this overwhelming feeling of, I don't belong here. I don't know about you, but some of you know my story, some of you don't. When I was seven years old, our dad left us. We're not streaming, are we? Are we streaming? Okay, good, sorry. It's about to get real raw. <laughs> uh, when, I, when I was seven years old, our dad left us, and it was, let me, just, let me just say it like this, like, I never felt safe at home. Like, we would go, often go out as kids, and I would lay in a hotel room, and I would feel more safe in a hotel room than I did in my house. And, and I just want to say this on the forefront. I said the first service. I'm, I'm saying this from a place of wholeness. Like, I'm not saying this so after you can be like, Pastor, give me a hug. You are, you are loved. And that's not why I'm saying this. I'm sharing this because the Bible says that our testimony brings freedom. The testimony of Jesus, you know, as we are made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. That's why I'm sharing this. So, so a lot of my life, man, my dad leaving led to a lot of brokenness, um, a lot of feelings of anger, frustration, which led me to drugs. And here's the truth. Even when I was a drug addict for all of those years, I would find myself in tables full of drugs, surrounded by people, and I still had this feeling of, I just, I'm better than this. I don't belong here. And time and time again, I would find myself in the, in the craziest of situations with this overwhelming feeling of I don't belong. And so enter 2008. I go into a church, this country behind church. And I walk in and, 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 I, and I meet the Lord. And, and I say yes to him. 
And the moment I say yes to him, something like, how many of you know when you met Jesus, it's like something lifted. You just felt like, I'm different. The only problem was, while I may have been freed from drugs and smoking cigarettes and all of these things, I would still find myself in circles of people who were amazing telling myself, you don't belong. And for the longest time, I felt so frustrated because, because I couldn't find home. And I would go into church and I would go through the motions. And, and it's one of the hardest, that's why I was praying today. It's one of the hardest things because anybody can come into church and fake it. Anybody can come in and go through the motions. You know how to sing the songs. You know when to raise your hand. But the truth is, until we understand that we belong and we are part of his family, there will be separation between us and God. Now the question we have to ask ourselves is why? Because we read through the Bible and it says, there is nothing. Say nothing. There is nothing, nor demons, nor angels, nor sickness, nor death. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. The only thing that doesn't stay in there is you. Because a lot of times we go through life and we carry these things. And so I find myself frustrated and enter like a year ago. Can I just be really raw? Like, can I be real? I want to share this because like sometimes we, we see pastors and we think their crap don't stink. Like, y'all like, oh, well, Pastor Gio and like everything. No, I just want to share with you like we're all in process. Christianity is not a project. Yeah. It's not a one time like, yes, and everything's great. Christianity is a process. As we go from glory to glory, and, and, and a lot of this that we're doing here is scary, and we're taking risk and faith, and we're believing and being vulnerable with people, and a lot of that journey sometimes is hard. So like a year ago, me and my wife, we were navigating, we were still Life Church. How many of you remember that? We were Life Church, Life Church Lithia. We used to be called Life Church at Fishhawk, but we're not in Fishhawk, it makes no sense, I know. But... We're transitioning and God's growing the church and I, I had a conversation with my wife and we were talking for some, about something and we were having an intense fellowship. Me and my wife don't fight. We have intense fellowships. We're having an intense fellowship. And it's very, it's, it's like level 10 intense. And in the middle, she's like, I don't understand why you're doing this. Like why you're acting this way. And out of my mouth, this comes out. I just can't do this. I can't pastor this church. And she just stops and looks at me. She's like, why would you say that? And the truth is, I don't know. Like, I don't know why. It's just like, have you ever said something and you don't even know where it came from? Like, the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Like, there are things, particularly if you're a man, we're really good at, like, smushing this stuff down. And just like, oh, get down there. I don't want to talk about it. And then eventually there's a tension point where it just comes out. And you're like, what was that? That happened. She's like, why would you say that? And here's the truth. I had no reason to say it because since I have been in church serving the Lord, God has always blessed us. His hand has always been upon us. I was pastoring at 21 years old. And we started here at 27. And so, like, God has always blessed us. Everything has come early for us. And I don't mean that arrogantly. It's just been the truth and the reality of where we've been. But yet I still felt this thing like I can't. And I didn't know why. And so... About three weeks ago, I had been dialoguing with some of our leaders, really praying to the Lord for spiritual fathers. You guys remember this? I prayed for it here. Spiritual mothers, spiritual fathers. And this guy, this Southern Baptist preacher reaches out to me from down the road. He's like, I want to meet with you. And we don't really give a crap about denominations. We're a part of a denomination, but we don't see those lines. We're just the church. You understand that? We are the church. 
So I sat down with him, and I, I was talking to him, and he doesn't really know my story. This is okay. Thank you, guys. He doesn't know my story. And so I was sharing with him that situation that happened, and I said, Pastor Len, I don't know why I said it, but it came out of my mouth. And as it did, I, I don't really understand it. He's like, well, I know why. And I'm like, well, crap, I've been carrying this for two years, and I've known you 15 minutes, and you know everything. Okay. He's like, I know why. And he looks at me right in my eyes, and he says, the reason you feel that way is because you've never had a father. He said, you've never had a father, and you've never had somebody look you in the eye and say, you can do this, you are amazing, and you are capable. Now I'm in Panera, and I'm like, <laughs> like, I will not cry. I will not cry. And, and, and he's right. Like, it hit me, right? And, and, and I was like, oh my, that, that's, like, I just knew that's it. And he says, I, I'm going to be that for you. And he reaches his hands across the table, the little two-person table, and now I'm like, this is awkward. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, this is awkward. And for 15 minutes, he lays his hands on me and blesses me as a father. I know I explain this to you, but it was that something like, I'm with you guys every week. It's not that I'm broken. It's that as we go from glory to glory, there are some things we can't take with us. And one of those things that I feel that is, is plaguing the church, and if we were to be honest and take off the mask that we wear every Sunday, we all have these things that we have in our life. And the truth is, I found myself a lot of times in life feeling like a spiritual orphan. You understand? Uh, there's a book Jack Frost wrote, and he says this, a spiritual orphan lives as if he has no home. And the truth is, you can create and you can do, and in life it's easy to, to be wrapped up. And so if you can imagine, I'd be, I'd be living my life trying to, to I don't know how real y'all want me to get. <laughs> I would be living my life thinking, if I could just build a big enough church, daddy will be proud. Like if I, whoa. Like maybe if enough people get saved. And the truth is, like, I knew in my heart that God was always proud of me. Like, the moment, y'all don't understand, the moment I really encountered Jesus, I had this vision, and in, in, in I, I, when my dad left me when I was seven, oh, I don't, I don't know who this is for, but when my dad left me when I was seven, I remember it like it was yesterday. I was sitting in an apartment, and he told me he's leaving, and I knew I wasn't going to see him a lot. And I remember it's in my brain. And so somebody told me, I want you to go back to that situation in inner healing. And I want you to look for the Lord. And I got mad. I'm like, the Lord is not there. I'm like, the Lord is not there. He's not there. And they told me, continue to look for him. And I saw Jesus. You know, in a sense, his imagery, right? It's not weird. You, you imagine stuff all the time. And the Lord came to me and he knelt down and I sat in his lap. And nothing was said. It's crazy because it's the same exact thing that happened to my brother about a year ago. And so understand that I, I knew, I knew God was proud of me. Nothing needed to be said. But yet there was this thing inside of me that I was carrying everywhere I went. Without understanding. So can I read something to you? I want to read you something. I want you to go to Romans 8. Are you all right? I know this is heavy. But I feel like God's going to break something off of you. Like, 
Do you understand? There are, there are weights. The Bible says to cast off every weight that's so angrily and sin that so easily entangles us as we run our race. This is a part of that. Romans 8. Verse 14 says this, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Say children. So you have not received the Spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. So now we call Him Abba Father. For His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are His children, we are His heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are his heirs of God's glory. But we are to share his glory. We must also share in his sufferings. So here's, here's the imagery, man. You are a son and you are a daughter. I don't care what situation you're going through. There is nothing my son can go through in life that makes him stop being a Munoz. He may, he may not be acting like a Munoz. He may not be doing the thing. That's my last name, by the way, sorry. He may not be doing, he may not be living according to my expectation, but there's nothing that kid can do to stop being a Munoz in my eyes. Yeah. And a lot of times in church, without understanding this Romans 8, man, Romans 6, 7, and 8 is pivotal. Because what Paul's doing is he is showing us as disciples what we are to live in. You are free from sin, alive in Christ, and this is your inheritance. What is our inheritance? We are sons. Before you are an apostle, a prophet, a teacher, a pastor, before I'm any of that stuff, I am a son. And if we don't get that right, here's what we'll do. We'll prophesy carrying our baggage around. Well, if I give enough prophetic words, there's a lot of crap in there. If we give enough prophetic words, and like maybe if we serve enough, like if we show up enough times, and here's the truth, you will never measure up. <laughs> you will never measure up because, listen, Home is not found in church. It's not. I cannot fix this. The only place this crap can be fixed is in his presence. The Bible says in his presence is found the fullness of joy. And so the best we can do, that's why I'd be like, well, why are we worshiping for an hour? Because it is only in that atmosphere that your baggage, your frustrations, your failures, you name it, are broken down. And we are able to receive everything that the Bible says you now call him Abba Father. And he is for you and he is with you. But listen, you can never see him rightly dragging your garbage around. And so, so many people living as slaves, you cannot pursue what God has for you and stay chained to the past. You can't. And the most dangerous thing I believe we have happening in the church today is we got people chained and they're running their race and because they've made it some distance, they applaud and say, look at what I've done. Because here's the truth, the greatest enemy of good, the greatest enemy of great is good. Meaning, all us justifying what little bit we've done for God can rob us of everything he truly has for us. We can do this as a church. God has not started to do what he wants to do with the body. You understand this? Look me in my eyeball so you see I believe it. He has not started to do what he wants to do with the body. This is, this is milk. 
But what he needs from us as a people is people who would stop living as orphans and carrying around their pain. You are not the things people have said over you. And we carry this identity. And it stops us from entering. And so like in the book of Joshua, as they're entering into the new promise, one of the things that Joshua says to the people is purify yourself and consecrate yourself. If you really look up what it means, is he's saying to the people, you must divorce yourself from everything that creates separation from me and from you. Well, that's legalism. No, it's not. It's love. Because I love my wife, there are things that I do not do because it creates separation. It's not because I signed a piece of paper. The primary goal of marriage is connection, and it's no different. That's why the Bible likens our relationship with God as a marriage. He's coming back for his bride, not for his church. And part of the disconnect we have, and and I'm going to say it again, and I I hope this gets into your heart, is we have created Christians and not disciples. Come next Sunday, and I will give you a word from God. And when I give you the word, you will tell me how good that word was, and I will feed my ego. (laughs) And I will be great. And the whole world will see what God is doing through abide in me. And the problem with this environment and what we're navigating through as we advance is this becomes less and less about us. Less and less about us and more and more about the body. It's why we bring people up to pray. And sometimes we push people into position like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's crazy. But the problem is we see something in you that you don't see in yourself. And the issue is God is raising up generals. And you're like, well, where are they? They're sitting in these chairs right now. Like, when are they coming? They've arrived. The Bible says all creation is crying out. It is groaning for sons, not for revival. The Bible says sons and daughters are, the the earth is crying, all of creation is crying out for sons and daughters to rise up, to take their rightful place as sons. And what will forbid us of this is this. I'm just, it's so simple today, if you can just get this. Because your frustration will never be eliminated, it just won't. You cannot, you know the definition of insanity, somebody tell me. Doing the same thing and expecting different results. So God, like, I just don't know why you don't bless me. I see other people being blessed. You know. You know you just won't. Uh, Nobody wants to make eye contact. (laughs) (laughs) And as we're pursuing God, you see, it's so contrary to the American gospel. The American gospel, like, everybody come and, and say these 20 words, and you're saved now. Now, now this is how we will express our salvation. You're going to hold signs. And I'm not against signs. We have signs. I'm not against flags. We have flags. I'm not against lights. But here's what I'm saying. You're not saved unto a prayer. You're saved unto a person. You're not saved unto a serve team. You're saved unto a person. And for some of us, we're in this awkward context of where God is calling us to and where we are. And what's going to, require, what's going to be required of us to advance is surrender. And for some of us, like, I'm just going to say, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to get in trouble today. The greatest thing that will stop us, listen, what we know will stop us from what we need to know. Well, brother, I've been in church longer than you've been alive. Good for you. 
Well, brother, I've been at this church and I've been serving the Lord and God's given me prophetic. Good for you. I'm not as much interested in what God has done as what he's going to do. And some of you, and some of you, this is not, this is not, I'm, I don't mean to put condemnation or anything. That, that's the enemy, right? I'm calling you to, 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 to pick up arms. I had this dream. This is how advance came. I, I shared it with Steve. I had, I had been praying to the Lord, what, what do you want for 2020? And then I, I had a dream. How many of you know Braveheart? I love Braveheart. It's one of the greatest movies ever. We'll just play it on a Sunday. Y'all will see it. I'm just kidding. I had this dream, and in, in the dream, there was, like, people, like, in Braveheart. And I was not, like, I was standing there, like, what the crap is going on in the dream? And this guy comes out. I don't even know him. I don't know who it was. And he screams, like, Braveheart, advance. And I woke up. I was like, whoa. And the next day, I'm looking on this program we have. My wife makes all the logos for the church, all the beautiful stuff. You see, she makes them. We have this program. <laughs> the fans. The fans. <laughs> We have this program, I logged into it just to look for a logo that might fit Advance. And as I opened it, didn't I show you? Am I telling the truth? I opened it up and the first thing it said right in the middle was Advance. But I really feel this. If we don't deal with this, all of this is words. It's all words. And for far too long, we've allowed people to just carry this. Like, we've taught people to cope with this. So let me preach a sermon on how you can coexist with this. And, like, you can carry it around, bro. We'll get in a small group. We'll all carry it together. Everybody will carry a corner. And, and, and we're going to do small groups in January. But, but the goal is that we, would, that we would disassemble this from our lives. And that we would run the race full course. And that we would realize that we are called to be co-heirs and co-laborers with him. I want to read to you one more scripture. You all right? Some of you are like, uh, how do I do that? Does anybody feel that way? Like, how do I do that? Nobody. I did that good of a job. Golly. Killing it today. Proverbs 420. Are y'all all right? I know it's Thanksgiving. Y'all still on that Thanksgiving like, uh... Proverbs 4.20. I feel this is important for us. This is, I only want to read two scriptures. Romans 8, Proverbs 4.20. My child, again, you are his children. Pay close attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. Watch this. For they bring life to those who find them. And healing to the whole body, meaning the word of the Lord can bring healing to you. I learned this from my father-in-law. When my father-in-law would get sick, he would turn on a pod. What are those things called? The iPod touches. You remember those? It wasn't a phone. It wasn't a freaking weird in between. He used to turn it on and he would have like just the Bible playing when he would get sick. All the time, day and night. It would be like numbers. And it would be like and Moses told the people to get, you know, circumcise themselves. I'm like, oh, crap. He'd be playing it all day. But he learned something, that the word of the Lord is life to us. It's substance. It's life. It can bring healing to our bodies. And then it says this, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. I'm going to read it again. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And I wonder today, 
If we were to be honest and take inventory, let's put all the situations aside. Some of y'all got some crazy crap going on. Let's put all of that aside and let's look at our hearts. And let's ask ourselves the question, what have I allowed to get in my heart that has led me to where I am today? This is not a, a saved or unsaved thing. You understand this? This is us being honest with ourselves and asking ourselves, where on my journey have I turned right where you said left? Some of y'all, y'all are like, no, I follow Jesus every step of the way. He is my rock and he is my retina. No, stop. Jesus took the wheel. The world was turned upside down with 12 people. You understand this? 12. There's like a lot more than 12 if you haven't caught that in here. I feel like this here, like a part of belonging and fully embracing that is letting go of this. Your job, your job is not what's stopping you from accomplishing your God potential. Your circumstances, all the crap that you want to blame, I have so many excuses. God, how can we build this church? There's 10 people and there's no money. How do we do this? Come on, you want to come preach? All of the excuses when all God really wanted from me is for me to confront this. Like, why are you doing that, Gio? I don't know. I just, just want to make you happy, Lord. I want to make you happy. And why are you doing it? Why, why are you treating that person? I don't know, Lord. I, I just don't trust them. And God has called us to be family. Say family. Some of y'all, y'all. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that. Say it, Steve. Listen. Thank you. I just need the permission of one. Some of us have become so closed off to the people around us due to hurt that we don't understand what family is. So like for instance, I would have people tell me time and time again, you're a pastor, Gio. You will never be able to have friends. Bull crap. That's self-preservation. Well, people will betray you. People betray everyone. People will fail you. Like, I fail people. And when we learn to be honest and vulnerable and real, like, scary. Like, I come to the table. I sat with Steve last night at dinner. We were there for two hours, and both of us did this. That's what I got, bro. That's what's really going on in my life. Not, not just because, because we want to share garbage, it's because I need to know how to pray for him. Because the Bible says that we are to carry one another's burdens. And so like this thing of us coming to church and like rushing, ooh, she prayed, let's get out of here, let's get the crap out of here. It's got to stop. It's got to stop because we're better together. And so like I've learned some of my best friends in the world right now do ministry with me. They moved their whole lives to be here. Since I've been here, some of my best friends in the world have come to abide. And I've just said, like, this is who we are, man. If you're going to love me, you're going to love me with that. And what it does is it dismantles the lie of the enemy. Because if I can't bring my real me to the table, I don't want to be at the table. And so all of this to say, this is a safe place for you to be you. But don't expect us to be okay with you carrying that around for 20 years. At some point, somebody's going to say, hey, what the crap is that? 
And why aren't you dealing with it? Well, I've just always had that. This is like, this is a generational curse, man. I'm like fifth generation. <laughs> we all have it. Like, we're all, oh. no. It's no longer, it's no longer, listen, I come from a, a lineage of adulterers. And I just decided it ends with me. Just like the Lord, I didn't have a demon that God delivered from me. I just like, that just stops with me. I won't be an adulterer and Judah won't be. Judah will never know what that means from our family, ever. He ain't going to see me looking at a woman's butt when I'm walking by, when they walk. He ain't going to do it because it ends with me. And if we all as families took that stance, like that ends with me. That dysfunction, the alcoholism, the smoking, the lying, all it ends with me. What we will see is a whole church. We will see something that people will look at and say, I want that. Not because we're holier than thou, but because we're working out our salvation with fear and trembling. And we're living as one body. That's a good place to land right there. I had no sermon. That was just from my heart. Is that okay?